News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Police arrest 53 people for alleged subversion over last year's pan-democratic primary poll. The government accuses the suspects of hatching an evil plot to block the budget and paralyse the administration. But authorities say none of the 600,000 people who cast ballots in the exercise will be targeted. The police have arrested 53 people in the largest national security operation since the law came into force last year. The suspects are accused of either organising or taking part in the pan-democrats' primary election last July, which Security Secretary John Lee says was an evil plan to block the budget, force the chief executive from office and foment unrest. They aim to get 35 or more seats in the electoral through something they have organised as a primary, so that once they have achieved their goal, they will veto, regardless of the actual content of the government budget, so as to create a situation in which the chief executive has to resign and the government stopped functioning. This is to paralyze the government. Six people accused of planning and organising the primary polls, including legal scholar Benny Tai, were among those arrested. The rest were candidates of the July poll, including former lawmakers. Police also arrested an American lawyer, John Clancy, the treasurer of the group Power for Democracy, which was involved in the primaries. Senior Superintendent Steve Lee from the police's National Security Department said while plans for the primaries came before the national security law was even enacted, authorities believe the entire process was a continuous, organised and coordinated plot. In the March, they were started with uh, some idea. And in April, it turned out to become 10 steps. They actually were out something to do, including, including the crowdfunding, including holding a so-called primaries, and also have some forums and do some very extensive publicity in the, in the mass media and the social media. The force said a 1,000 officers took part in the operation and $1.6 million was frozen. The force also confirmed that four media companies have been asked to provide information in relation to the investigation, though they stress this does not involve any journalistic materials and has no impact on press freedom. Superintendent Lee said the requests for information were made upon production orders signed by a High Court judge. All the information we require is not involving the, the journalistic material. It's just for investigation, some connection between the, the plan and the uh, institutes involved in. The Journalists Association says it's very concerned by the request for information from media outlets. It says while police say the materials aren't directly related to journalism, the documents would still involve information linked to media operations. The association says the move would have a chilling effect on the press and worsen self-censorship. The pan-democrats have slammed the government for the crackdown and pledged to continue their struggle for democracy. But pro-government parties hailed the crackdown. Joanne Wong reports. Federation of Trade Unions lawmaker Alice Mack backed the mass arrests, saying they were justified because the pan-democrats had aimed to vote down government budgets to paralyze the government. When the budget is rejected by this council for twice, the uh, chief executive has to resign. And this will cause a vacuum in our administration. DAB lawmaker Holden Chow said the primaries were aimed squarely at Beijing. The primaries with a clear aim to sort of remove the central government sovereignty. 
But the Civic Party's Alan Long points out that the basic law gives legislators the explicit right to veto the budget. We don't see how, by promising to exercise such rights, could end them up as being subversive. He added that any debate about this is moot anyway, because no legal election was ever held in the first place because it has been put off for a year. Democratic Party Chairman Lo Kin Hay said while the road ahead will be difficult, his camp won't stop fighting for democracy. We're uh, angry and retired, but we will not back down and we don't give up. He called the allegations ridiculous, saying primary elections are normal exercises that are held around the world. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. Executive Councillor and lawyer Ronnie Tong says based on what's been reported about the case so far by the media, he cannot see how those involved in last year's primary election could have violated the national security law. A primary is only a means. Uh, You still need to prove there was planning, organisation, designing to achieve the aim of seriously undermining or interfering with the performance of functions of the SAR government, and that the means must be something which is unlawful or involve the use of force. I don't know uh, whether the police has got any material which would uh, help them to establish the core elements that I have just mentioned. I can't see at the moment how the three core elements uh, are all present. Beijing's liaison office in Hong Kong has backed the police operation, saying everyone can now see the evil motives of those held. But there has been strident criticism from some Western politicians. Wendy Wong reports. A spokesman said the liaison office supports the police's decision to arrest organisers and participants of the primary polls, but leave alone the 600,000 people who cast ballots in the exercise. It says this makes a distinction between those who strategically plan to bring the government to a standstill and the average people, it said, have been misled into voting in the so-called primaries. The spokesman said this would allow the public to see clearly the evil motives of those arrested and how they had harmed society, and so people would take the initiative to make sure one country, two systems, continues on the right track. He also said the national security law has brought Hong Kong back from chaos to order once again. The foreign ministry also expressed support for the police. A spokeswoman, Hua Chunying, said in a press briefing in Beijing that the arrests would not undermine Hong Kong people's rights and freedoms. She said only individuals who collude with foreign forces to try and destroy China's stability, safety and freedom would be affected by the national security law. But Hong Kong's last colonial governor, Chris Patton, urged the world not to turn a blind eye to what he described as the brutal destruction of Hong Kong. Our thoughts worse and international elections should take account of the destruction of a free city in Asia with economic and human consequences. When terrible things are happening, we cannot simply look the other way, he said. Lord Patton also suggested that the European Union should rethink an investment pact with the mainland, which was approved by the EU ambassadors last month, but is yet to be ratified by national governments or the European Parliament. To other news, and health officials have reported Hong Kong's lowest number of new coronavirus infections since late November. 25 cases were recorded, 22 of them being locally acquired. Seven of the cases were untraceable. One of the cases without a clear source of infection is a resident at a hostel run by the Mental Health Association in Wong Tai Sin. 37 people have been sent to quarantine as a precaution. The Centre for Health Protection's Dr Trung Chuk Kwan says while it's good the number of new cases was falling, there may still be hidden cases in the community. 
The total number uh, of cases indeed dropped down to 20-something, but uh, this is a one or two days figure. We may foresee some fluctuation um, during the week, uh, but the overall trend has been uh, decreasing, so this is a good signal. But um, still, there are quite a number of uh, unlinked uh, local cases in the community. So we are not sure whether we have picked up all the cases in the community. It is possible there are still some symptomatic cases not being picked up because they did not seek medical advice or get tested. Lawmakers have decided they can attend more LegCo meetings via video conference, allowing them to cast their votes at home. But it does not apply to full council, finance committee and house committee meetings, as Natalie Ching reports. Three weeks after holding the first ever virtual LegCo meeting, lawmakers have decided they don't even need to go into the council to take part in voting. Pro-Beijing legislators, who now form the only camp in the legislature, originally agreed that only informal meetings could be held online and it wouldn't be appropriate for any voting to be carried out remotely. But now, with the pandemic still raging, they say voting from home will also be fine and they can just wave their hands in the air as they as they get together via the video conferencing service Zoom. The chairman of the Committee on Rules of Procedure, Paul Tse, said LegCo staff can help count the hands they see being waved around in front of the lawmakers' webcams. But Mr. Tse said there would be occasions where the lawmakers would still have to go into work due to legal obstacles, namely meetings of the whole council, the House Committee and the Finance Committee. Under the basic law, we were supposed to have a sort of a, a quorum for the um, conducting of council meetings. And we have to have very strict requirements in terms of the number required to attend the council meeting. As a question of whether a virtual meeting would constitute a sufficient quorum, I think we have doubt about that. So instead of taking any risk as regards any challenges, I think the safe course, the prudent course would be to do it in the physical way. If there's any doubt at all, we don't do it at this, at this stage. The public are able to watch the virtual meetings online, but English and Mandarin interpretation services are not provided. The district court has convicted three people of rioting and assaulting a mainland journalist during an anti-government protest at the airport in August 2019. As Candice Wong reports, a false defendant was acquitted. Amy Pat, Lai Yuan Long and Ho Ka Lok, all in their 20s, were found guilty of rioting and assault occasioning actual bodily harm. Pat was also found guilty of one additional charge of false imprisonment for tying up the mainland reporter Fu Guohao with cables. Lai had also previously pleaded guilty to one count of common assault and one of obstructing an ambulanceman, while Ho had pleaded guilty to possessing offensive weapons, including a folding knife, laser pans and an extendable baton. Delivering his verdict, Judge Clement Lee said surveillance footage showed the trail were among those who assaulted the reporter. He said the crowd's intention was to breach the peace and to take part in a riot. But the judge cleared another defendant, Wang Yat-ho, of charges of unlawful assembly and false imprisonment, ruling that the evidence was not sufficient to prove that he had been one of the perpetrators. The judge also encouraged people to read his 74-page judgment to better understand the ruling, saying otherwise more people may attack the judges. In the past year, individual judges and magistrates handling cases relating to the social unrest that began in June 2019 have been subjected to criticism from both the pro-establishment and pro-democracy blocs and faced accusations of bias. Eight police officers charged in connection with an assault on a street sleeper in Shamshui Po last year have been granted bail. Violet Wong reports. 
Three of the defendants are accused of causing severe bodily harm to a homeless person or damaging belongings while they were on duty in Tongchao Street Park last February. Two of those officers, along with four of their colleagues, are charged with trying to pervert the course of justice for allegedly trying to cover up a security camera or falsely accusing a man of carrying dangerous drugs. Another officer is charged with misconduct in public office for allegedly not stopping his colleagues. The Eastern Court granted the six men and two women bail of $1,000 each. They are due to appear in court again next month. The Business and Professionals Alliance is calling on the government to allow both employers and employees to stop contributing to MPF accounts for six months. It says this will relieve the financial burden on businesses and workers during the pandemic. The pro-establishment party wants the government to set up a simple registration system for the waiver. The party's vice chairman, Geoffrey Lamb, says he doesn't think such an arrangement will have much impact on retirement plans. This scheme is set to protect people after retiring, the future of the working people. But if we can't even resolve their livelihood today, at this very moment, where's the future? So if the government allow the employer as well as the employees to stop contributing for six months, I think it would give them some needed money right away in the very near future. It can help all the people of Hong Kong. The Democrats are projected to have secured one of the two U.S. Senate seats being contested in a runoff election in the state of Georgia. They need the other to take control of the upper chamber from the Republicans. With almost all the votes counted, U.S. media say Reverend Raphael Warnock defeated the Republican Senator Kelly Loeffler. Mr. Warnock called for a different kind of politics in America. Washington has a choice to make. In fact, all of us have a choice to make. Will we continue to divide distract and dishonor one another? Or will we love our neighbors as we love ourselves? Will we play political games while real people suffer? Or will we win righteous fights together, standing shoulder to shoulder for the good of Georgia, for the good of our country? A court in London has denied bail to the founder of the WikiLeaks website, Julian Assange. The judge said there were substantial grounds for believing that if released, he would fail to turn up for an appeal against a decision not to extradite him to the United States. Washington wants to prosecute Mr Assange on charges related to the publication of hundreds of thousands of classified documents. Jennifer Robinson, a lawyer for Mr Assange, says he is considering an appeal. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Police arrest 53 people for alleged subversion over last year's pandemocratic primary poll. The government accuses the suspects of hatching an evil plot to block the budget and paralyse the administration, but authorities say none of the 600,000 people who cast ballots in the exercise will be targeted. The news from RTHK. In our newsroom, thanks to Todd Harding, back with more headlines at midnight. <laughs>